Hello and welcome to another riveting episode of Ohm's Lounge Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about Neuralink and brain-computer interfaces, AI, and how it's going to be affecting you and how soon are we going to be seeing this in our world and how soon can we anticipate the AI takeover and what things are being done to help mitigate those risks. They're going to hack our brains. Yeah. Yeah, so I ended up finding a a lot. Um, I actually had to do a presentation on Neuralink a few years ago for, what is it, a, an emerging technology presentation at a school that I was at. And what I found really interesting was that it, it was Neuralink, right? So it, it was the biggest one being talked about, yet there are a lot of other companies that have been dealing with this. I'd say for like the past seven years or so, like the whole idea of being able to control things with your mind, has, it's it's not anything new. It's been something that's been researched and funded for a very long time. I mean, on our previous episode, we were talking about how we had um, Albert the monkey and Rest in peace. how, yeah, yeah, RIP, pouring out for him. We were talking about how they still had all these um, readings on on the monkey coming in from from orbit, going like Mach 21, 15,000 miles an hour. And then he was alive up until the moment of impact. So, like, we have a lot of history whenever it comes down to, like, getting body readings and things of that nature. Albeit that it was started with animals, and then it's kind of made its way toward humans. Nowadays, you see that being way more put out to the public with Neuralink and them using their the presentation on their monkey using a brain-computer interface to play a game of Pong. Wow. And that that's pretty pretty relevant. Yeah, so when we talk about these uh, brain measuring devices, this this interface, and how invasive they have to be to actually pick up all this information. It it makes you wonder in, in some white papers, they, they suggest, okay, these brain machine interfaces, multiple uh, devices would have to be placed in different parts of the brain to activate different parts. Now, what Neuralink suggests, and I think a lot of other companies have suggested that their first and foremost uh, use for the product is to help people with disabilities. Is that correct? Yeah, that was that's very correct. So the main people that they want to help out first are people that are um, paraplegic or severely paralyzed. And like it's much easier for them to work with that because they have found out that they can actually bypass neuron pathways with uh, their device. So it's just them rerouting like how uh, the body moves just through electrical paths, signal pathways in the brain. 
And that that jives with um, one of their competitors, uh, Paradromics. And what they're looking to do, and the only people that they're going to be working on first, is they are, according to the to the article I was reading, they were asking, when will we see this in humans? And they are currently on track to reach humans in early 2023 with hopes of um, improving the lives of people with severe paralysis first. So that coincides with Neuralink. Um, restoring communication through text, cursor, and speech. Then, once they're done with that, the next uh, target audience that they're going to be working on are people that are visually and hard of hearing and restore that. So anybody that's uh, sensory impaired. They're going to try and also work on uh, mental health and get that at a more granular level to identify pathological patterns of brain activity. So people with uh, epilepsy, people with uh, with very severe depression. I wonder if pharmaceutical companies will, like, get involved in trying to, like, kind of do propaganda against Neuralink. Because if you think about it, like, pharmaceutical uh, industries has billions of dollars invested into it. So you're telling me we have a product that's a one-fit, you know, one-shoe-fits-all type of deal. I think that's going to step in a lot of shoes, a lot of toes, if you know what I mean. For now, it, it's interesting to hear that this other company's already thinking about doing human trials, because uh, I think one of the things that kind of sparked this whole idea is, we, I've seen this post come up about the monkey testing. It it, it just reminded me of, of all the hardships that NASA was putting through all these monkeys and I think we even mentioned in our in our space animals podcast, like you mentioned too, like NASA was just euthanizing and you know getting rid of these monkeys that they couldn't use anymore. Let alone how many we actually send to space. But now we're testing more t- of this tech on monkeys, and that whole Planet of the Apes thing is is thinking about coming more and more true. I mean, it, it's fun to think about. Just you know, me and you joke about it. I think you mentioned right before we were talking this too, the po- the other possibilities. Uh, some people were speculating that uh, not only Neuralink but other AI is going to take us down a apocalyptic path. Is is that right? You were seeing some stuff like oh, that. Oh, yeah. Like, are you talking about like the rat uh, the rat neurons grown on a computer chip, and yeah. they had it to where it was trained to fly a simulated aircraft? Yeah. Like, jeez. Like, yeah. Man. Yeah, it's like every day we're getting closer to making Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> yeah, some people would be into that, you know. I bet it's terrifying, especially the people but, um, who have trains in their basements. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it's terrifying. But uh, so, what else can you tell me about like what you found out with the whole? Um, Monkeys rejecting it, and because like this just recently happened, right? Like they just covered that about three weeks ago. Yeah, and, and the interesting thing, well, Musk, when you know they were doing that whole presentation, you know, he's like, "Oh, look at this monkey. He's a very happy monkey." And <laughs> but uh, oh yeah, but we're we're hearing some really uh, extremely extreme suffering from some of these monkeys, where some of them were doing stuff like vomiting retching gasping after the Neuralink was implanted one of them like collapsed after extreme fatigue and exhaustion 
and had to get put down. One got when they did an autopsy on one of them. It turned turned out they had a brain hemorrhage. Um, some of them just like go crazy and reportedly they 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 speculate that they, it hurt itself because it said it was missing some fingers or something. But uh, I think the point here is that over fifteen monkeys are just have literally just been killed from this testing. They're they're really ambitious about doing these clinical trials and and even on their website a lot I think that sparked a lot of articles when on the website they had put a job posting for a clinical manager. And so people were thinking that's why people were like, oh wow, they're gonna start human testing already. And uh, I think the website says that though they're looking for participants at this moment, it's extremely, they, they do know, and they are very upfront about it being extremely dangerous. So, but then I thought of this. Remember, not too long ago, NASA was asking people for to do a one-way trip to Mars. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And and I think that's still going to happen. Um, but I think it was like what three hundred people they were having to volunteer. Not not you don't have to have any astro astronaut space training or anything. Uh, but they were obviously looking for people with uh, different skills. There there is a vetting process, but that's maybe it's just time at this moment in history that you know humans us start taking you know those leaps and it's it's not fair to force anyone to do it but if you want to volunteer then by all means because these monkeys aren't volunteering i'll tell you that <laughs> yeah um it was the organization it was a non-profit was like what is it called uh pcrm or something right. yep there it is yeah the physicians committee for responsible medicine that's the non-profit that's like they focus on saving and improving human lives and animal lives. Oh, and okay. They, they filed the regulatory complaint against uh, Neuralink. So, wow. I don't know. I really. The real question is, what are they going to do about it? You know, like, okay. Well, hopefully, they're going to try and make this a thing where, if they're going to be trying to put this in humans then they're going to want to have a lot of the information or at least help stop the possibility of people having the same types of uh, reactions that monkeys had. Like they wanted to be as safe as possible. And like right. Musk keeps talking about that. Like he keeps hammering that every time he gets a chance. Right. And, and, you know, I, though they made their complaint to the USDA they they never i don't think they immediately made a request to comment or or made any action on this uh complaint but it it's like you know the, the man himself Elon he he always he he sparks a lot of controversy just by doing anything whether it's just mentioning dot you know you know the whole crypto thing people you know he was beaming with that he memes with Tesla, all all kinds of shit. You know, he says, you know, about Elden Ring. He's like, yeah, you know, some people like to work out. You know, I just like to play really hard video games, aka Elden Ring. You know, he he's like a really interesting character, and 
Some people take things he says a little bit too out of contest, like his uh, his attitude towards things. But he's he's an intelligent guy, and it's just fascinating seeing everything that he's trying to do, whether it's SpaceX, Tesla, uh, Neuralink, like what we're talking about now. But uh, you know, the whole the whole thing was genius. Like, okay, we're gonna set up a live presentation where a monkey controls the computer with his mind. Now, people are like, oh, well, this isn't scientifically viable. Like, where's the other study and uh, case material? But at the end of the day, and we were talking about this earlier uh, off the, you know, between us, but this is a business. Like, this isn't strictly for scientific gain. Like, the whole goal of this is not only to help people, but they're going to be making money and they got to sell a product. And as you mentioned, they have competitors. Yep. And, and, not not to cut you off, but like one of the main goals or one of the things that Paradromics is hoping to achieve and they feel like it can be achieved is uploading, just uploading to, what is it, uploading your mind to the cloud? Oh, like uploading your whole mind and subconscious to just, like, what are they going to do with that? I mean, I guess people are already so, doing that at Harvard, right? Some people have their brains on display or some people, are even getting cryogenically frozen. We got Walt Disney's head. So like right here in uh, in the article, it says Singularity University co-founder Ray uh, Kurzweil predicts that we'll have a seamless high bandwidth connectivity between your brain and the cloud by the early to mid 2030s, say 2033. And that's pretty... I don't know. I I don't know what to think about something like that. I don't understand like what would happen if people are already like in my head telepathically. Like I'm just like thinking of uh, Ghost in a Shell right. when Major's like with her with her group and they're like in their own little little room within their heads together. Yeah. So hopefully it's something that like that's shared like that. Yeah, I think Gillian had like a yeah. similar concept where. The whole point of the show was them trying to uh, create this this world where there was no boundaries and combine everyone's conscious together, kind of. It's, it's similar to what you, you mentioned. and um, But what if people don't want to do that? And I think our privacy is already being tested as it is. I mean, just think of all the information that Google, um, just Google as an example, has stored and sells Facebook, um, any any pretty much any social media outlet, Twitter, anything you use that's a quote unquote free service. All these websites, you know, we're looking at these articles, and the first thing it asks me is, "Oh, do you want to accept these cookies?" Like, yeah, you can read the article for free, but we're gonna sell your information on the side. Is that okay? Choose, choose which one you're okay with. So I, I just think the whole idea of uploading your mind, like, who is that going to benefit? Like, So it's going to be benefiting the, the venture trust capitalists and all these other hedge funds that are investing. Like, one uh, company that I was looking at that I actually had to dig up off of uh, Wayback Machine, Synchron, they had funding from DARPA and it was like $20 million, right? And they had a research and development team out in Australia. And they also had 
base in the States in New York and somewhere in California. So, but I'm just like reading more and more about like, like who, who's this benefiting, right? Like who's investing in this? Because like how we already kind of uh, elaborated on, like it is a business, but a lot of these people are like uh, robotics startups and AI startups, like all these startups, the people that are funding those, uh, those startups they're they're looking for the like the the next biggest thing that's going to be able to get them some money in the in the medical field but I'm reading off of this other article that they keep talking about how Tesla one of the companies that's leading the charge in creating self-driving vehicles like you know AI infused things like the trucking and taxi industries employed uh, 2 million a year all of whom could find their jobs obsolete once vehicles are are uh, autonomous and then I read later on, they're talking about how AI will surpass humans in another, uh, in a number of other milestones. The experts suggested translating languages is going to be happening by 2024, writing high school level essays by 2026, performing surgeries by 2053, and they estimated that it would be able to write a New York Times bestseller by 2049. Hmm. So, I mean, just the—I uh, mean—they're already making art. I mean, we. Show me a few websites where you just enter in a few keywords and it, you know, uh, we're actually using a background from one of the websites I use right now. And yeah. it doesn't look half bad. And I can only imagine, like, this is just the stepping stones to what a, a New York bestseller. What, what's next? Like music? Well, I think we already have AI music as well. Yeah, right? we do. But like, what's even further? is according to a team that published a study last week or whatever from from this article they were saying that AI will be capable of performing any tasks better than humans otherwise known as high level machine intelligence by 2060 and will overtake all human jobs by 2136 those results are based on the 352 experts who responded hmm. so well that is that is a lot. it is it is a lot to consider but I mean, there's still a lot of variables, right? I mean, speaking, going back to what Elon, um, I think we, you mentioned that he has a new nonprofit program dedicated to this whole. Yeah. Talking about open AI. Yeah. To so, make sure that it's like not going to do what is in not so no the best Sky, interest for humans. There's no, there's no Skynet. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's hope for that. I, I, that's wishful thinking. OpenAI is nonprofit. They ended up getting like a billion dollar yeah, investment fund from Microsoft back in like 2019. I read off of their Twitter. I don't know. It's a lot of money. It is a lot of money. And does that mean that Microsoft is like scared of Cortana? <laughs> well, that's one thing. They're like, you know what? Maybe just in case, because uh, a lot of people talk shit about Cortana. So we got to get rid of her. Nah, but you know, all, all jokes aside, though, um, the whole the whole idea of AI and how intrusive and how much reliant we are on it, it's actually something that we should also be careful, not, not just the AI side, but we have to consider how intelligent, you know, people still are and how people will try to reverse engineer these AIs, trick them 
you know, cybersecurity is going to play a big role in locking down these AIs and making sure that no one can essentially hack it or get a hold of uh, that access. So, you know, we're going to, if we're relying on these AI, we're, we're going to give them, you know, God access to whatever systems, right? Because they're scripted to do certain things. And then if they're reaching new levels of learning, then not only will we not have to write scripts for them and automate them manually, but they will learn on their own. And at that point, it's all just management. And I don't think we're quite there yet for a self-learning machine. I mean, they there are machines that do self-learn in small ways, but we're not completely... There's no perfect system that doesn't require human intervention. So, and one can say that AI could probably protect itself, but who's to say someone builds another AI that's meant to penetrate other networks or other systems and collect that information and use it for whatever? Um, It's funny that you say that because there's already been like cases where people are using Amazon's Alexa uh, system and recordings in court. So, well, all, yeah. all because, yeah, it's so, gonna, like it picks up everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I, I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean to like cut you off either, but the whole, the whole smart home idea, like, you ever remember watching like those '90 cartoons, and they'd always have that one episode about the future house, and then everyone's oh, yeah, yeah, like. Yeah. And then it all something always goes wrong, and the whole house tries <laughs> to kill everyone. And it's like people don't learn. I'm not saying people don't learn. It's obviously meant for us a, a comedy. But seriously, think about all this stupid shit we're we're using. Okay, we're using Alexa. Alexa, turn on lights. Alexa, um, turn on some music. Put on Spotify. You know, and uh, all all in the meantime, Alexa's listening to everything you're saying. Not to mention your phone and other equipment's already doing this, but uh, it's going to be picking up all that and then using it for, you know, Amazon's going to think, oh, you you're looking for some new kitchen knives. All right, well, we'll uh, we'll send some suggestions subliminally. So it's like the idea. Yeah, I I can see using these Alexa recordings because it's like okay, they're they're completely admissible. It's like why use a tape recorder under the desk? When you just have a common household item just sitting there that can record for you, you don't you don't even have to pretend to hold your phone or record on your phone. You you got the device right there, and uh, what some people have been doing in this, you know, uh, these bl- these black hats is is they use these technologies, this Internet of Things, this technology. They have really weak security, and they don't get security updates very often. So e- even something like a light. Some people penetrate a network just by hacking a fucking light because it connects to the Wi-Fi. So, yeah, unless, like, the security gets improved on these things, because most manufacturers, you know, they sell it for the gimmick. Like, hey, you can turn on the lights with your with your uh, Amazon or whatever. Um, they can just make it, never put out any other updates, and then just move on. Meaning you have an absolute... You know, with all the technologies, think of how many... Windows updates we get for all our devices, your your iPhone, you know, there's updates always coming in and you're buying a device that's permanently linked to your network. That's getting no updates. You don't think that 
at some point, if someone really wanted to try to get into your, your home network or whatever, that that's, that wouldn't be the first thing they try to get into. So, and then, man, you just got me thinking, you got me thinking. Oh yeah. Like you remember wanna cry, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. So imagine, cause like the whole Neuralink thing, that's going to be like, oh yeah, you control it with your, with your phone, improve your sleep, meditate. Yeah, improve learning, enhance all that, and then you and got ransomware. comes around. Yeah, you got ransomware on your phone saying, "I'm going to fucking send signals to your brain and make you go crazy unless you pay me uh, ten Bitcoin." <laughs> yeah, you know, you know um, I was in the so full disclosure. You know, I was working uh, in the Navy at the time with Josh during the WannaCry, and it was a big deal. They wanted it. There was a Microsoft patch that addressed it, and they wanted it on all systems immediately, and there was no rest until we hit every single system and got that patch uh, updated. So it was it was a big deal, and it's even now, cybersecurity is always pushing, whether it's government, companies, they have to remain resilient because, like ransomware, it's, it's, it's a newer form of uh, virus, but it's not... It's been around, but it's kind of a buzzword now because it's just hit people really hard lately. You know, CD Projekt Red, the developers of The Witcher and Cyberpunk were hit by it pretty hard. They lost a lot of information and it got leaked. Development schematics and a bunch of other confidential information about the games. And just because this guy was upset about Cyberpunk a fucking video game. So who's to say these, some of these people are obviously not in the right mind. Some of them do it for political reasons, whether or not you still believe anonymous is a, a real organization. You, there are other known hacker groups. I'm not going to name any names. Then I don't want them to hit me. <laughs> Just kidding. But they all do things for different reasons. Some more aggressive than others, but let's just say, that maybe one of them doesn't like the idea of Neuralink and they want to shut it down immediately. Or they just want to see the world burn. They might have the means to do that. And what defense do you have against something that's directly connected to your fucking brain? What are you going to do? Seriously, you're going to run to the hospital and tell them to get it out? Yeah, good luck. Uh... Maybe. Well, I was I was asking a friend like if like if he would ever opt into something like that, and he was just like, I would want one that's like a jailbroken version, one that I can get what I want on it, and the, if I can do all that shit. There, there's an issue with that though, because and people don't realize that jailbroken devices are not secure at all. They don't because once you jailbreak an iPhone or an Android. They stop getting security updates because the manufacturer is not going to send it to it anymore. Once it detects that it's jailbroken, now you can manually patch it, but who's actually going to do that? And let alone if you jailbreak a Neuralink, who the fuck, where are you going to get the patches? I mean, I don't know what the process will be to, you know, you'll, I'm, I'm sure that to update the firmware, you'll probably have to, you know, use the app or whatever, but. You jailbreak a, a sensitive device like that that's connected to your brain. I don't think that's a very good idea because what if they release the Neuralink and then maybe six months into production, let's say you jailbreak your device and then 
all of a sudden they find a major firmware issue that could be life-threatening. Now you have to figure out a way to manually patch that. And then if you tell the manufacturer, like, hey, uh, can you help me? And then they're going to say, oh, well, it looks like your device is defective or it's jailbroken, so we're not going to help you. Because you know what? Apple does the same fucking thing. If you jailbreak your device, they will not fix your iPhone at all. They won't touch it. It voids the warranty. And I'm guessing there'll be something like that with Neuralink 2. There'll be something in the fine print that's saying if you mess with any electronics or any programming of the device, you'll avoid the warranty or any support. So, um, yeah, I don't think jailbreaking a medical device is a very good idea, in my opinion. So the only thing that I can really see somebody that would jail jailbreak something like that uh for nefarious reasons would be is like we were talking uh me and my friend were just talking about like um like what would be the benefit of that right and like the idea of you know like always having your adrenaline going not being able to sleep would be another one or not being able to feel pain stuff like that i i I guess i could see that like and that's kind of like if we're going to fantasy and and uh, stuff, you know, it's something kind of like in cyberpunk or in that in those movies or games. It's like okay, let's manually stimulate ourselves. We do have now. Here's an interesting thing that you brought that up because there are like combat drugs that do that. I mean, you can literally pump yourself with adrenaline or other things to utilize the chemicals that are already in your system. But uh, excessive use of that will probably kill you. If you can't mm-hmm. feel pain, it doesn't matter if you can't feel it. Your body still has limits. Same thing with adrenaline. You know, yeah, it's going to pump you up for a good amount of time, but eventually you're going to have a major shutdown uh, or your heart might stop. Maybe in uh, a sense where, like, I could see it being used for, for so many. It's an interesting concept that your friend mentioned, but I just don't agree at all with Especially if I had some device like that, I would not do tamper with it in any way like that. I mean, unless maybe like the government, they want to create like a super soldier or a super, like a different type of special uh, forces where, you know, okay, instead of sending six guys, we're going to send one guy who can literally do everything, but he only lives for like 40 years, but they're aware of that. We sign him on at like age you know, 2220, we use them for 20 years. And then I, I don't know. And then they use these technologies to make them do whatever they want. going to be uh, Elon born. Yeah. They're basically like, like that. <laughs> they're, they're waking. I don't <laughs> know. Some, they, they, they'll, they'll come up with some silly name for it. Yeah. But it's, it's not without, uh, it's within the realm of possibility. I'll, I'll admit, but it's very dangerous thing to think about. And I don't know if everyone's going to agree with rolling this out because right now people kind of know about Neuralink. People who are interested in tech definitely know about Neuralink. The general public kind of knows. They know about Tesla. They know kind of about SpaceX. But when this thing kind of becomes more mainstream, I can see people having issues with it. Yeah, I mean, like the Amish, 
they're, well, they're not like what the hell is what the hell is a tesla but the thing about the Amish, they're, they're <laughs> just not going to do anything about it they'll probably just be like look son if you get a Neuralink, you're you're banished they're just going to shun you that's they're so reclusive i mean they kind of just stick to themselves they don't yeah, really it's true like they don't they're they're kind of almost apolitical as well. well i don't know about that but they don't like you never see like a post or uh, a news article that says Amish man is upset about the presidential election. Like they don't no. give a fuck. They they're worried about their crops. Yeah, their crops. Their their uh, their cows. Their magic uh, <laughs> fire furnace. Yeah, their apple butter. Dude, I've met Amish people before. Like when I went there, I had to go because I was working on a farm before. Uh, like I was like eighteen, and I was working on a farm. I had to bring a bunch of horses to get uh their horseshoes um redone by a farrier and so i'm there in a dually with a with a truck full of a bunch of horses and i'm rolling up on the spot and i just see like all these kids in like like these homage clothes you know like the little bonnets and stuff and they're just playing in the dirt with their like wooden toys and wow. stuff and they all get up at like the same time there's like three of them and I'm just like there rolling up with my friend in the in the passenger seat. And I'm like, dude, this is fucking scary. I don't like this at all. And then they all like to make it worse is like they're like waving in like in sync like at us. And I'm like, what is this? Dude, I'm so terrified. That's creepy. Yeah, it is, man. But and and like I'm not gonna like put this out there because I don't know. That was my my only instance with Amish people, but the one Amish guy, he came up to me and he was like, Oh, so are you a Mexican? And I was like, um, okay, <laughs> sir. Yeah, and I was like, you, yeah. I mean, I, on my dad's side, yeah. He was like, I knew it. That's cool. <laughs> I was like, all right, interesting. So can we get these horses? <laughs> I was like, yeah, just come back in six hours. I was like, six hours. Wait, what? But no, that's a that's a, yeah, dude. It took a it's, it takes a long time. They had to do the the horseshoes, and they also had to work on some carriage. Oh, um, I guess some you carriage can... rubber. Yeah, I guess you couldn't phone ahead to tell him, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> Messenger pigeon, maybe. Dude, but like, no. would send a postcard and be like, hey, at this time, I want to pick up these horses. Have them ready. Shit. Uh-uh. Something. I, I'd be kind of mad, mad if I went all the way out in the boonies and then they tell me come back in six hours. Like, well, dude, you know, if you had a fucking phone, we could have set this up. On a fucking phone And then call. in the future, it's going to be like, I mean, I could have just told you that, like, literally 10 minutes ago, if you had a Neuralink. Yeah, dude, I could have just Amish sent people. the message. I wonder what they'll do to, like, because essentially the electronics on this thing are no more than what's on a Fitbit to measure your heart rate. And other. it's mostly a measuring device. So I don't know the full capability of what it's going to have to to fully communicate to other people or it'll probably have to still interface with your phone or something to function like i think yeah the first iteration of it will you know mostly be a biomedical uh purpose and then have the app to kind of track your your information because that's essentially that's what all these smartwatches and fitbits do is they they kind of rely on your phone for a lot of things, whether it's GPS. Some of them do have GPS, like the Apple Watches and other stuff. You can do certain functions, but for the most part, 
they're mostly just measuring devices for your heart rate. Um, some of them measure your breathing and uh, your sleep cycle, your REM. Because I use a Polar Ignite. No sponsorship here. It's just a device I own. And it, you know, it's pretty accurate as far as heart rate steps. I just like, I'm kind of like a nerd in, in two ways. I love gaming, RPGs, fantasy, science fiction. But I also like use that nerdness of tracking stats into my fitness because I like just seeing how much I can do or whatever. And I'm not like a huge fitness nut. I'm not the most healthy person, but I do like tracking my progress because it's something visual and I can see it with Neuralink. It might be something kind of addicting because you think about it. If someone's tracking like, Oh, well I, I made this much progress and I'm thinking about this stuff today. And going to like what you said about mental health, I full disclosure, you know, I was diagnosed with ADHD as a kid. And when I was young, they showed me a uh, brain, you know, they kind of explained it to you when you're a kid. And they show you like different brains and they show you these brain scans of people who have ADHD and people who don't have ADHD. And then with the people who have ADHD, you can see like more brain activity in, in different parts of the brain. They're, they're more hyperactive. And so uh, it, it's interesting to me. And the same thing with most mental health. It's if you do a brain scan on these people, there's their brains sending, sending off different signals in real time. And you can see the difference between a normal brain and people with different mental health issues. So I, I'm thinking like, okay, instead of taking like these prescription medicines, and I know we already kind of talked about this, but it's still interesting to me, but it would be interesting to see on my app and see, oh, well, your your activity today using the Neuralink, we suppressed these um, signals. So normally these signals that might've made you maybe uh, a little tense, you know, pissed off or hyperactive or impulsive, we've suppressed those those signals. Or, or, you know, let's say you have depression. Well, you're feeling down for no reason. You know, normally during this time, you feel kind of down. You don't know why, but, you know, during this time, Neuralink has suppressed this. Or uh, someone has anxiety. It was like, we, we noticed that you've been getting a little riled up, so we calmed you down a bit. How would you like to rate this this performance or whatever. I don't know. Send diagnostics to Elon now. I, I would be kind of interested if I could see visual representation like that. Well, I mean, if it's going to be on your phone, I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, if you're talking about min maxing your, your main character in real life. Yeah, dude, because I am, sure. you are the main character. I mean, at the end of the day, <laughs> I, same thing with raising my daughter, dude. I'm already like trying to track her stats. I'm like, all right, so she can do this now. She's still lacking on some of these other milestones, so we got to get her there. It's like, okay, where can we improve? You know, it, it's funny to think about, but it's kind of, it's fine, because I'm not saying you have to measure everyone with stats, but that's essentially what they're already doing. I mean, it's credit score, where, where you're where matching everyone's financial records and how trustworthy you are. Uh, China's social credit score, where they're tracking how loyal you are or how trustworthy you are. and in general, um, you know, every country has some form of uh, tracking to figure out what kind of person you are. I mean, even your criminal rec- criminal medical records, like your AB type or your O type, y- your race, your your gender, whatever, all of those have variables in your physical performance and who you are. Your bones are different. 
if you're a male or female, or even your race. They even look at this in forensics. So it's like, okay, now we're getting in the realm where we can change things in your brain. We can change things that are possibly maybe later change things that are physical. People are already kind of changing their bodies in different ways. So at what point are we going to kind of stop? Like, what we say? I think once people are going to start feeling it, like uh, on the social economic level, like if they're in poverty, middle class, upper middle class, and, you know, stuff like that. You feel like they'll they'll feel left out, like they'll be the inferior race? I think that it's going to get down to the point where people can't either afford it, can't um can't even survive maybe are, yeah like uh they're, they're gonna be left behind like all i'm thinking of is just like something like uh what's that one movie elysium uh, but, yeah. like even that movie it's kind of just like what we're talking about like they're like worst case scenario everything is like absolute shit on earth whatever but then they have elysium that halo looking ring and some you know very questionable guy ends up getting himself uh, some backdoor exoskeleton suit, goes to Elysium, and gets those pods and brings it back to Earth and then just heals everybody. You know, like, I I don't know. I, but, that, I mean, that's, like, best case scenario. Yeah, but the only problem with that is, like, there's no fucking mythical land that has all our answers, <laughs> you know? Uh, unless well, maybe... no, but the technology is definitely there. Yeah, like, yeah. If yeah. we're talking strictly on technology, that's it. And I think like they're gonna hide it from us, or they're gonna make it only accessible to people that have the money or have like a, you know, a status, right, of some sort. Or you know, going you back know? to the whole jailbroken thing too. It's like people will probably just steal that shit, reverse engineer, and make make something of their own. Where, where other competitors will have cheaper alternatives, I guess. But so maybe there will be someone who can make it more accessible. But at the end of the day, we really, I, we've been kind of harsh on the whole idea of Neuralink, but let's really think about who it's actually helping. I mean, we already have so much different technology that can help people with disabilities, whether it's uh, people missing uh, limbs, people who can't walk, people who can't, they just have ge- just, just genetic disorders, yeah, just genetic like that, disorders, yeah. or phys- anything physical or, or or mental. I mean, we have so much stuff. I mean, you shared another article with me about how uh, how they were even making games more accessible. I mean, I know gaming isn't important, but everyone should be able to have the the opportunity to enjoy themselves with whatever, right? I mean, there's yeah. l- there's a lot of activities that you know it's like okay, maybe. Some of these people can't go hike a mountain or they can't uh, go go karting or something. I'm just just little things or golfing or, or play sports, but they can play a game that can simulate that. I mean, there's so many different controllers and different uh, chairs. And I mean, I don't know. It, it's nice that game devs, too, like I think most games nowadays have even a colorblind mode. So. It's nice yeah. that games kind of like just incorporate that just because. And then, of course, we always uh, see the disclaimer, too. It's like, hey, this game has flashing lights. If you have, um, you know, seizures, if you're prone to getting seizures, then 
might not want to play this game. All of that's kind of addressed. And sooner or later, people who have access to something with Neuralink, they don't have to worry about that anymore. Yeah, I agree. I'm I'm all for having people feel like they belong. And if if that's like your selling point for Neuralink, cool. I'm all for it. You know, like people are, are going to want it. And if it's going to take like a surgery and it's only meant for people that exhibit like these certain types of uh, symptoms like paralysis, severe depression, sense loss of sense, then, you know, eyesight or hearing or otherwise, then, yeah, I'm all for it. Like, man, uh, like give like, them their lives back. Yeah, ex- exactly. Dude, one of my biggest fears is losing the abilities to lose my legs. Or I use my legs. That is like one of my biggest, it's it's such a like ridiculous fear, but I think about it and I'm like, damn, I would lose the ability because I love cycling. I'm not a huge, I, I don't do it like every day, but it's something I really enjoy. And if I couldn't do that anymore, then I feel like I would lose like part of my humanity almost because that's just something I, I live for and I enjoy. Driving, whatever, I can't drive, but uh, I think they actually do have cars for um, people who can't use their legs, but definitely can't ride a bike, and definitely just can't do little things. I, If I had the ability or the opportunity to get that back, then I would do it in a heartbeat, whatever means necessary. Yeah. And people who are born like that, or, or suffer a fatal accident, it's like, yeah, I'm sure they might take that chance too, maybe. We still got to make sure it's safe. Like these people aren't expendable just because they have disability doesn't mean that we can just do whatever tests like it has to be safe. And I'm glad that they're kind of really putting a point on that, because if they weren't, then it would be kind of shady. Right. And yeah, we were being harsh on it and I wasn't very considerate to like think about like, even though I may have my my apprehensions about, like, all the bad that could happen, and I'm thinking way down the line, probably well, well past my, you know, my life, but there's people that are very excited about this technology that is just around the corner, and they're right up that, like, like they, they, they're betting on it, you know? They're, they're betting on them being able to see again, walk again, all that, like... It's, it's a beautiful thing to think about, that, really. Yeah, it's awesome. And I'm very, very excited for it. As cynical as we... I'm sorry, it's just... A friend just mentioned uh, as we took a break, MLK quote, it kind of made me think. It's like, yeah, we have guided missiles, but we don't have guided men. And I I see... And that's the whole reason why I I think we're just both kind of cynical about this is because people are just naturally not good. I'm sorry, but... No one's born born a good person. It, it takes a lot to genuinely be a good person. I'm not claiming I am either, but people in power, people who have this tech who are or the money to fund this or do whatever, it, it's at the end of the day they're they're fulfilling their interests. Though right now, I think we should still be hopeful, like Josh mentioned, Ohms, that this is going to be good for a lot of people in the future to come. So whether or not we don't trust 
every single individual that might be involved in this, we can at least say that there will be thousands, perhaps millions, who could actually benefit and have a better life. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that's a good point to end the show. Where can they find us? Well, uh, Ohms, I noticed you've been streaming a lot more. A little bit. A little bit, yeah. So Ohms over here has been doing his Twitch at OhmsDev. He's been doing a lot of art streams, a little bit of a bit of gaming here and there, but mostly focusing on art. He actually created this new artwork here with the little mouse in the spaceship looking for the Ohms Lounge. <laughs> uh, it's a little bit of work in progress, but uh, I, I really like how it came out. We had some suggestions with the license plate, <laughs> Cheddar69, <laughs> some other small little details in there, but you can find him also on Twitter. I'm also on Twitter as well at the Lone Salesman. We like to update blog posts on our WordPress website. We're working on transcribing not all of our podcasts, but every now and then we'll try to transcribe it. It's nice to have that option for people who might be hard of hearing if they're interested in the Ohms Lounge. So we have that option. So we're also on Facebook. YouTube, Instagram. We're trying to grow our social presence slowly but surely. It's a little bit hard for both of us to always uh, commit to this, but as always, I thank you everyone for listening. Ohms, thank you for your time. Any other yeah, last words? Find us on BitChute. Yeah. And for the truth seekers. Tell us uh tell us what you like. Tell us what we can improve on. We like to hear from you. Yes. Hit us up. Expect more from us. Yes, we are planning to do. Yeah, we'd love to hear from anyone who's listening, whether we talk more about stuff like this, some movies, or more uh, interesting tech stuff. Let us know. And that's it. See you guys next time at the Ohms Lounge. Bye. So... At what point are we going to kind of stop? I'm going to answer your question with mine. Uh, I'm going to stop when I'm a seven foot tall war robot. (laughs) Not seven foot tall, sorry, seven stories tall.